the European Stroke Congress 2010, the Quality and Acute Stroke Care QUASC trial results were released generating much excitement and interest in the field of stroke. Carmen Leif Jenkins, Managing Editor of the International Journal of Stroke, spoke to Professor Sandy Middleton, Lead Investigator, about the QUASC trial results and the potential outcomes in post-stroke management. Professor Middleton, thank you very much for speaking to us today. Your cluster randomised control trial, Quality and Acute Stroke Care, focused on the management of fever, hypoglycemia and swallowing dysfunction in acute stroke. Why were these three post-stroke complications your primary focus? Fever, hypoglycemia and swallowing are important clinical issues in stroke. They each have recommendations for care in the international stroke guidelines and logically they seem parameters for which we could potentially optimise management. And our, but our intervention wasn't um, centred just on the fever, sugar and swallowing protocols, but also on the evaluation of an intervention to actually get the protocols used in everyday clinical practice. And that is called implementation research. And we used strategies um, taken from the implementation research literature that included a barrier assessment. Um, we met with the multidisciplinary team and worked out what were the barriers to getting these protocols up and running in stroke units and also identified enablers to implementing them. We had um, on-site interactive and didactic educational outreach meetings for all the clinicians to discuss the protocols. And then we supported their use with site visits, telephone and email support as reminders. We weren't interested in looking at the individual effects of just managing fever or just managing the hypoglycemia or just the swallowing. We were really um, coming from a, a quality improvement perspective, which was about optimising outcomes for our stroke patients. And we thought that this might be done in an effective way by bundling those three um, elements together. Why were your patient outcomes assessed 90 days after hospital admission and not, say, 15 or 30 days? 90-day outcome measurement is conventionally used in stroke trials. All of the large uh, drug stroke trials, for instance, use this time point. So it was important for us to use conventional outcome measures and time points for our study. Another reason that we wanted to use 90-day outcomes was it gives us a bit of a measure of um, longer term rather than the 15 or 30 days that, that we might have used, as he suggested, about how patients were managing once they had left the hospital, um, potentially. And so that's another reason that we wanted to look at that time point. What were the inclusion and exclusion factors for patient participation in the trial? Patients were eligible to participate if they were admitted to stroke units that uh, were categorised as what we were using at the time as a Category A or B stroke units in New South Wales. And they're the ones um, that had immediate access to CT scanning and on-site high dependency units. And the Category A stroke units are the large ones that have access to on-site neurosurgery, where those in Category B don't. Uh, the patients themselves were eligible if they spoke English, they were aged uh, 18 years or older, had a diagnosis of ischemic stroke or intracerebral hemorrhage and also presented within 48 hours of onset to a participating stroke unit. Beyond presentation beyond 48 hours, we felt we were not able to um, potentially affect the, the outcomes. Uh, the patients were 
deliberately excluded if they didn't have a telephone or were admitted for palliative care. What were the outcomes of the study? Patients who were cared for in stroke units who received our team-building workshops and our education to manage implementing the fever, sugar and swallowing protocols were 16% more likely to be alive and independent 90 days after their stroke. And that equates to improvements for about one in every six patients who otherwise wouldn't have seen this effect. Whilst in hospital, they also had less episodes of fever and they had better glucose and swallowing management. And these results are better than any current drug or treatment for stroke, uh, including aspirin administration, admission to a stroke unit, or receiving thrombolysis. So not only that, the care is applicable to all stroke patients rather than a particular um, selected group, for example, with the thrombolysis patients. So it's quite exciting that there's universal application for um, all stroke patients in our stroke units and potentially um, beyond the stroke unit care. So the hospitals that don't have stroke units, these protocols are very um, pragmatic and easy to implement with reasonably little resources involved. They're cheap, you know, it doesn't um, require any great commitment in terms of um, purchasing anything. The difficulty thing is obviously uh, getting buy-in with the clinicians at the hospital level and um, getting everybody engaged, but the implications are that all stroke patients could receive these uh, protocols and have potentially um, proved benefit at 90 days. So who initiated this trial and what was the motivation? The trial was a multidisciplinary collaborative study that involved nurses, um, medical practitioners and speech pathologists primarily. And the initial idea arose from discussions I had with Professor Chris Levi from John Hunter Hospital who as a clinician felt that one of the missing pieces of the stroke unit care jigsaw could likely be management of fever, hyperglycemia and swallowing. Then we worked with our speech pathology colleagues in particular to develop the screening component of the study, which involved training nurses to do swallow screens. And that was quite innovative at the time because this had um, conventionally been seen as just a speech pathologist's role. So it was outstanding collaboration from the stroke speech pathologists who embraced the notion of nurses undertaking swallow screen. And then we also simultaneously developed the protocols for fever management, um, which involved taking the temperature six hourly and treating a temperature greater than 37.5, and our glucose protocols um, around very pragmatic management of the patients with elevated um, hypoglyce, you know, with elevated sugar levels, hypoglycemia. So how do you expect these amazing results to uh, change practice? Well, I like your use of the word expect there because um, there's expectations and there's um, wishes. We know that it can take up to 10 years to get evidence into practice and I would, I would love to think that the protocols will, will be um, embraced and, and used um, widely, certainly across Australia. I'm not sure that I can expect that it will happen because we know that um, it's not that simple to change clinician behaviour. However, we have made the protocols available and our implementation strategy on our university website, which is www.acu.edu.au backslash QASC or QASC. 
and they're there to be downloaded for people to have a look about how we actually implemented the protocols and the protocols themselves. We are working with the National Stroke Foundation Stroke Link Program and we're hoping that we can embed the uh, fever sugar swallow protocols as part of that initiative to help stroke units look at their current practices and also work out how to implement the protocols. In addition, we've also made available an audit tool. So stroke units can download the tool and actually do audits to see what their current level of care is in terms of managing fever, sugar and swallowing in the, in the stroke unit. And that would hopefully be a big driver for working out whether they need to change their practice and implement changes. All right, that's fantastic. Sandy, thank you very much for speaking to us. It's a pleasure. Thanks, Carmen. You've just been listening to a podcast interview with Sandy Middleton by Carmen Leif Jenkins, Managing Editor of the International Journal of Stroke. Professor Sandy Middleton is the Director of the Nursing Research Institute, St Vincent's at Nata Health Sydney and School of Nursing, New South Wales and ACT, Australian Catholic University and the Director of the National Centre for Clinical Outcomes Research, NACOA, Australian Catholic University and the Australian Catholic University Priority Research Centre and Chief Investigator of the Quality in Acute Stroke Care, QUASC Study. The International Journal of Stroke is the flagship publication of the World Stroke Organisation. Please consider becoming a member.